Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. Hi, world. How's everyone doing today? Hopefully good. Hopefully brilliant. Hannah, I do have a new idea for a tagline for us. All right. Because you were saying you wanted more of like an intro for who we are. Yes. So I was thinking we could say, we're not experts, we're sisters. (laughs) (laughs) A weekly show... Where we watch the Winchester brothers do their thing, and then we sisters talk about these brothers afterwards. Family style. (laughs) Family style. Family style. You know, how the family do. (laughs) You think that's good? Uh, yes. Yeah? Alright, well welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers. The show that is chock full of spoilers... And Subtext. probably a little too long, but nobody cares, and everybody loves us. I'm really excited about this episode. I'm pretty excited to talk, too, and in fact, I don't have anything else to talk about at the front of it. We need some kind of warm-us-up thing to talk about first. Yes. Um, Let's talk lakes, since lakes are a pretty prominent theme in this episode. Do you have any strong lake memories? From our Um, shared family times. I'm not sure that it counts as a memory, but family videos of some lake where I could spin around underwater and not hold my nose, and you were mad about it. Because you're a little freak, okay? I'm going to use that word. (laughs) You were a a baby monster who just (laughs) could magically go underwater without needing to do the hold your nose and take ten deep breaths and then be afraid of drowning despite everything the whole time through. No, I I live there. You're like, yeah, I'm just an 18-month baby who could just not only go underwater without holding my nose, without closing my eyes, I can do freaking loop-de-loops underwater. And (laughs) Yeah, you're a magical baby. What can we say? I'm a super baby. And I remember those home videos because I also remember... It was, again, some lake, I don't know, and a cabin and lots of red clay that I'm sure our mother was just so pleased that we were in love with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I also remember when we were in Maine and we would go camping with our mom out in the lake region area. And we would go camping with other family and the family was really impressed with our skills. Oh, like when I got that grease on my leg and then I wiped it off with sawdust? That was actually a church event we went to. Oh. Yeah. That was a build a house for the people. Habitat for Humanity? No. Really? It has to be animals. It was some build a house thing for people who don't have houses. Or it might have just been build a house for (laughs) one of the people in our church because, you know. 
Church. Why help the homeless when you can help yourselves? Exactly. Yeah. And again, you were like a freak baby and you were like, oh, I've got sticky sap on my leg. I can just take it off with sawdust, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and all I mean, the adults were like, how you know? Uh, it just, it seemed to make sense. You've always seen things from the sideways. Well, I mean, you think paper comes from trees, toilet paper wipes things up. <laughs> I mean, there was sawdust. I don't know. It it made sense. Okay. As long as it makes sense in your baby brain. Well, I was going to say camping. People were very impressed with, like, the very simple camping skills we have. I guess it's from growing up poor. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember going camping with a friend from school, and they had brought coat hangers to, like, pull apart and use to cook hot dogs, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, I, I was so used to going and getting a stick and, like, mm-hmm. burning it in the fire so it was clean. And <laughs> Yeah, why would you waste like a coat perfectly hangers? good coat hanger? Do you know how much those cost at Walmart? <laughs> like 84 cents for a pack? <laughs> uh. Yeah, why spend that when there are perfectly good sticks? Come on. Yeah, let's get rustic. I remember we ganged up on our brother, and we called him Laguna Butt. Ah, yes, because of the shorts. Yes, and he still hasn't forgiven us, I don't think. Oh, no. And bullying comes up in this episode, too, so that's pertinent. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember finding dollar bills at the bottom of the lake. Like, that's basically the only thing I did at the lake. I would go diving down to the murky bottom and see what shit had been dropped over the years. <laughs> dollar bills, y'all. I think you found some, too. I think you might have found, like, a $5 bill or something. Well, you know, with my super baby powers. Oh, your freakish super baby powers. God. <laughs> and you probably didn't even have to hold your nose to go down the bottom to search for things. Meanwhile, I'm, like, one-handed scrounging. <laughs> <laughs> I did eventually learn how to hold air bubbles in my nose. That's a weird way to say it. (laughs) You amphibious freak. (laughs) I meant to be on land, okay? (laughs) So, let's get into Season 1, Episode 3, Dead in the Water. This has been my favorite episode so far. Well, it's been my least favorite episode so far, so... What? (laughs) Yep, this will be good to talk. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. All right, so we have our previously on, and I don't know that we need to cover the previously on every time. No. But it stood out to me this time because they kept showing, at least I think maybe twice, but I remember them showing it last time as well. They show that Mm. random curved knife that Sam packed. Ooh, he's such a dangerous boy. Oh, what a cool knife he has. That knife, pretty sure, never shows up. Never. Ever again. Never. But it's good enough to show up in the previously on multiple times. And on the cover of the DVD. Really? Yeah. And they never used that knife. It was just for promo shots. I think that's the only time that prop is ever even touched. (laughs) All right. And then they show the, the title card. Later on in the seasons, and again, I haven't watched season one since 2010. It's been at least six years, right? Something like that. It's been it's been a long time, right? Right. Wow, I just said six years, like 2018 minus 2010 is six. God, math is hard. Math is hard. 
But it was six years because it was actually 2012. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so used to the later episodes where they just drop you into the episode yeah. where they show you the family that's being attacked. And then they show you the title card, and then you get into the main crux of the episode. Right. Flashbacks to early on of things that are going to be relevant in this episode. Right. And then they say, now, and they cut into the, the scary stuff, the spooky stuff. So they showed the spooky stuff, and I was looking for the title card, and there was no title card to, like, punctuate the spooky. And I was, I had to rewind and go, wait, where was my spooky title card? Anyways. So we show up at Lake Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which is a fictional place. And I will get into why I researched if this was a fictional place or not in just a second. It's okay. I researched some stuff about this, too. Well, then it made me wonder, because I, I had always thought that every place they visited was a real place. Yeah, I kind of assumed that, too. Yeah, because when you're making a show that is based in the United States... Why, why wouldn't you? But no, uh, Lake Manitowoc is not a real place, not a real lake. From the Wendigo, 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 Lost Creek, Colorado is real, but it's called the Lost Creek Wilderness. Mm. However, Blackwater Ridge is not. In fact, if you go to the Lost Creek Wilderness Wikipedia page, there is a section that says, Blackwater Ridge is not real, it's just from this one episode from the show Supernatural. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And then, from our pilot episode, Lawrence, Kansas is real, but where they went hunting the ghostie in Jericho, California, has not been a place in over a hundred years. Ooh. Ooh. It used to be a place, but they stopped making it a place a long time ago. Stopped making it a place. Like we just, we just decided decided to stop making this a place. <laughs> yeah, we don't want this to be a place anymore. We want to go find a new place. Right. Stop construction. Stop construction. So we pop in on very picturesque Carlton family. Some jaunty music is playing. We have, I'm guessing, the younger sister Sophia and her older brother Will, and they have some sibling, you know, back and forth. He was checking out her ass. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I didn't want to... Because they're supposed to be siblings. But I'm pretty sure the actors aren't siblings, so... (laughs) Bad acting, dude, who played Will. Bad acting. So she goes out for a swim in their local lake. Their backyard lake. The backyard lake. And so this is why I researched Lake Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Because I was thinking, wow, Wisconsin, that's really high... Northy places. Water. Very cool. Chilly placey. <laughs> yeah. You in a bikini. Early morning. Cold time of day placey. <laughs> so I googled like the yearly temperatures for, you know, a general lake in Wisconsin. And I compared that to the ideal temperatures for fitness swimming. And please, Wisconsinians, get back to me. But it seemed like you can only actually swim in this lake for one month out of the whole year. <laughs> and I don't know when they're filming this, but man, I felt so bad for this actress. Yeah. Ugh. It's just way too cold. Well, like, watching her swim, it made me think of swimming at the river in Tennessee. Teaks, mm-hmm. I think it was called. Like, I-, I could almost feel the cold water. 
I was like, man, I yeah. remember jumping in the river. I mean, I, I know there's polar bear swimmers, but this sounded like it was her routine. I just don't think you do that as a routine. I think Mm-mm. you want your body to train in ideal conditions. Anyways, we find out later she's a varsity swimmer. She's very good. So she's swimming, she's swimming. We, the viewer, are hearing all these little ghosty whispers. And I think she is too, because she starts getting, like, freaked out a little bit and keeps looking around. Yeah, she keeps looking around and, like, nothing is happening. She just keeps looking around. I didn't have captions. Like, apparently, season one of Supernatural DVDs didn't have English subtitles. They had French, but that didn't really help me. <laughs> All those years of French for nothing. Well, the I had subtitles, and they did help, because there was a part later on where the kid gets called away by the ghost, but you can't hear it hardly, so you don't know why the kid is just fucking wandering well, off. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so she hears the whispers, she's getting freaked out, and then she's pulled underwater! Dun-dun-dun! And apparently this opening sequence is like shot for shot a scene from Jaws. I don't know. Never seen Jaws, but for people who are listening, like, and it's like Jaws. Yeah, my roommate was saying they were using Jaws shots. Yeah. And I was like, okay, because I haven't Yeah, I haven't it. either. I don't really do scary movies. Supernatural is as scary as I go. All right, so she's gone. Whatever. Bye, Sophia. We cut to a, it says a motel, but they're clearly in a diner. So maybe it's a motel diner? Yeah. And Dean is, you know, poking through the paper for some leads, and a very beautiful, voluptuous woman named Wendy pops up, and we get the famous Dean with his pen in his mouth shot that you see on Tumblr every 10 seconds, it feels like. Uh, Sam's not having none of that, and he shoes her away. We'll just have the check, please. Just the check, please. Okay. You know, Sam, we are allowed to have fun once in a while. That's fun. Yeah. I don't disagree with Dean's point here that it's okay for them to have fun. I do disagree disagree with him calling Wendy a that. <laughs> That's fun. I I was like, Dean, I feel ya. She's flirting. She's beautiful. Absolutely. Please don't She's a person. materialize her. <laughs> so we learn about the case. Uh, Sophie, the girl we saw, she drowned in the lake. But there's no body, and we've learned that two other people have drowned the past year. Their bodies have also been found. And this is where we get passive-aggressive Sam. I did love this line. People don't just disappear, Dean. Other people just stop looking for him. Because I think it is maybe a little true, but also blatantly not true. (laughs) Sam, just talk about your feelings. Don't come at your bro from the side like this. (laughs) Well, because he was getting all mad saying, you know... We need to do something. As if hunting isn't something they could be doing. I mean, I get... It's not something that is leading them towards their father. Yeah. Like, the actual John trail is going cold. Sam is just feeling generally angry and not knowing what to do with it. And I think Dean has the right approach here. Because you see, once Sam gets focused on a case, he chills out a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, I was thinking, even when he's talking to people, he's so much more soft in how he talks to them, and he puts all his focus into what they're saying. A lot more understanding than episode one and two. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He actually took time to, like, bond with Andrea. And I thought the relationship he was building with Andrea was way more authentic than whatever bullshit they were trying to build between Dean and Andrea. I agree. Dean lets him know, like, hey... 
we're doing all we can. And in the meantime, we'll do what we can to help other people. And also shut the fuck up because you haven't had a relationship with dad, really. And I've been with him every day for the last two years, which is a bit of a lie because obviously Dean was off doing solo hunts, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Still, point stands. I'm the one who should be pissed off that we can't find dad. Your feelings are valid, but don't get mad at me. Like, I'm not feeling the same thing. Yes. Yeah. I was very proud that, one, they even had a conversation about feelings. <laughs> and, two, that Dean stood up for himself. And that, three, Sam listened. So. <laughs> Progress. Way to go, boys. <laughs> you did feelings well-ish. Ish. And rock music takes us into the Lake Manitok area. All right, they show up at the lake house where Sophie used to live before she was dead. And they're pretending to be part of the wildlife service, but they are not looking the part Again, at all. no costumes. Yeah. And weren't they park rangers in the last episode? I think so. Wait, no. No, in episode two, they said that they were from the college working on a paper, and the ranger called them out. No, but when they went to... The family. They're like, hey, we're part of Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Rangers, and the ranger up in the ranger place sent us to go rangering out for you and your brother. Ranger. Basi- That's basically how they pretend right now. In, in biker boots and jeans? <laughs> okay. So they follow Will, the brother, out to the dock, and Will basically explains, like, look, I saw something pull her under. She's a great swimmer. She's on the team at her school. Puts Drops this great line of foreshadowing. She's as safe in there as in her own bathtub. <laughs> and they want to talk to Dad, and Will's like, nah, he he was in the back watching TV. He didn't see anything. Just leave him alone. So, whatever. So, they go to visit the police. And the sheriff is like, there's no way her brother Will could have seen anything because there's nothing at all in there. And... Okay, you say you're from the wildlife services, but you don't know about the dam that is suspicious. Currently falling to pieces and it's going to drain the lake? Uh-huh. Sure. Then Amy Acker comes in. So, she is the sheriff's daughter, Andrea. And this little boy pops up behind her and he doesn't introduce himself. And Sam's like, "What's wrong with him?" Cuz you know, Sam rude. has no kid instincts. Uh, luckily for him, though, he was actually right. And the sheriff's like, yeah, we've been through a lot. And then Dean is flirting with Andrea and pretending like, oh, I don't know how to get two blocks from here. Can you walk us? <laughs> they make awkward small talk. And Andrea, who's probably the only character I truly like in this episode, teases Dean. Must be hard with your sense of direction. Never being able to find your way to a decent pickup line? Jeez. Yes, I made note of that in my notes because I love that line so much. <laughs> She's so out of his league. She's at least five times savvier than he is. Yeah, and like, she's she's having none of it. She sees right through him from the get-go, and I love her. And I even love Sam teasing Dean about him being shot down. Name three children you even know. <laughs> I just love the kids, really. And Dean's defense is like, yeah, I love kids. Which, it turns out that Dean is very good with kids, but we'll talk about that yes. in a later bit. In a later bit. Um, so now that they're a hotel, and I feel like in this first season, at least, I want to point out when they are in a library and when they're not in a library. So, 
Sam is using his laptop, and we learn that there were six more bodies that have been disappeared into the lake over the years. Over the past 35 years. Yes, they did specify the last 35 years. Mark that 35. It's gonna come up. Oh, man, which that now occurs to me. 35 years is that. That means immediately after the kid died, this spirit was mm-hmm. like, I'm not wasting any fucking time. I'm killing motherfucking somebody. <laughs> <laughs> who did he, who could he even kill from the these kids family Ugh. well anyways sam doesn't like the lake monster theory because nobody's seen anything but then as they're sifting through the newspaper articles they figure out that andrea and lucas of whom they have just met lost their husband and dad respectively to the lake also and luke was there when his dad got dra- drug under dragged under Drug under? Dragged under. Or drug under. It could be like the hanged hung rolls. I'm not sure. Hmm. Quick little nitpicky thing. The kid's picture really should not have been in the newspaper. I mean, just, mm, like, you don't violate kids' privacy. That's very true. Like that. That's very true. At this point, Dean says, watching your parent die is something you never get over. I like this moment because, one, it sets up a theme for Dean in this whole episode, but also it's showing that... Now Sam and Dean are both emotionally connected to this case. Sam for the whole, like, you don't just give up on searching for somebody. And Dean with connecting with a kid and their loss of a parent. Mm-hmm. They go and find Andrea at the park. And Dean goes to chat with this kid without waiting for permission. And he really makes me mad here. Ah, early yeah, like she Dean. tries to establish boundaries. She's like, well, I'm here with my kid. And yeah, Dean's she- like... All right, mind if I go talk to him? And he just, ugh. And her kid is 20 feet away. So she's saying, I'm with my kid. Kid's far away. That's an obvious sign of, you know, I just don't want to be bothered by anybody right now. And he completely ignores it. Ugh. Doesn't even try and explain, like, hey, I have questions about blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I don't even know what kind of excuse he could give in that moment. But he completely ignores her boundaries and... She just has to roll with it. Yeah. She tells Sam under no uncertain terms that Dean's shit is not going to fly with her. And Sam tries to smooth things over. And this is where I think they should have tried to build more with Sam and Andrea. if They were going to try and do any romancy things. But this early on, they didn't want Sam to have any romances. Clearly because his love of his life just died. Yeah. And they're trying to build Dean up as the playboy, which uh, it's just so gross. Like, why do you want to give Dean a bunch of insignificant connections? Why not try and build something real with Dean? Especially since Dean is such a soft baby boy who has <sighs> so many emotions that just need to be loved and cuddled. Well, he's 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 got a lot to learn. That That's what it is. He's got a lot to learn. He thinks that's just, what he wants. I'm just saying. It makes me mad when he's a douchey bag. I really liked um, Dean picking up and playing with the toy soldiers. Yeah. It's a good tie-in for later seasons. Season 5. Is it like the last episode? Yeah, it was the last episode of season 5. Yeah, they they brought that shit back hardcore, like very last episode, very last second. They're like, the show's probably going to end after this. We don't know yet. We're going to bring this one last thing back. <laughs> Remember this from season 1, episode 3? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he tries to play with the toys. 
Even though they have the army toys around Lucas constantly, at no point are the army toys in any way made relevant to Lucas as a character, so I think they purely well, brought that in not for not so much me. Lucas as a character, but Peter, the little boy, other boy, he, played he had toy soldiers, yeah. Oh, I missed that. Did we see that when we were in Peter's house? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, shit, I totally missed that. Good call, Hannah. Alright, because I, I was really mad at that. I was like, why the fuck do you have fucking army soldiers? Like, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, it's bullshit. Like, throwing shit. <laughs> Worst episode ever. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Dean realizes that the toys aren't reaching out to Lucas so much. Lucas is very much focused on the coloring. So he starts to color with Lucas. And I, I like that even though Lucas, we have learned, is at this point is mute by choice or mute by trauma. I don't think it's really choice when you're traumatized. Yeah. But at no point does Dean just say, oh, I'm going to color with you. He asks permission for everything. He's actually respecting the kids' boundaries wherein he didn't respect the mother's. So, yeah, I guess you got to win at something. And he does a pretty good monologue. He's not giving away so much just yet. He's not ready to divulge too much to this kid. But he's saying, like, hey, I'm going to believe you, anything you tell me, and I'm going to share my family with you. And great acting from Mr. Ackles at this point. I love the little pause he does before this is my mom, when he shows the picture of the fam- his family that he drew. Yeah, I, I made note that uh, he got choked up when he said my mom. Yeah. Sweet baby boy. Lucas is just completely ignoring him. And Dean's mm-hmm. like, you know what, this is yours. I'm going to leave it with you. Talk to you later. Adios. Goes back to... Sam and Andrea, and they're chit-chatting when Lucas comes up and he gives Dean a picture. And it's a picture of a house with a red roof. The last shot in this scene is Andrea giving Dean a what-the-fuck look that says, My son reached out to you? Yeah. And the kid's not a half-bad artist. Just gonna say that. It's not half-bad. Pretty good. Pretty good house he drew. Oh, he's actually... Having been a pre-K teacher, kids are fucking talented. Oh, yeah. Don't think that kids out there are all just drawing stick figures and a bunch of nonsensical doodles. Some kids don't have as much talent for it, but a lot of kids, I would say 40 to 50% of the kids I've taught have genuine, like, coloring artistic abilities. I have a kid's drawing hung up on my fridge, actually, that I will never, ever throw away because it's the most detailed Tyrannosaurus Rex family I've ever seen in my life. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'll take a picture and send it to you later. It's uh, And they wrote my name and everything, and they're just so sweet, and I love my babies. Anyways, I know, I gave all that shit up. (laughs) It was too much. to the lake house and our brother will is just trying to keep life together trying to take care of dad trying to find some normalcy and he's cooking some dinner when the water coming out of the faucet starts to turn brown gross 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 so naturally you turn the water off then unnaturally the water starts bubbling up from the drain and filling up the sink very quickly Stupidly, you stick your arm down into the water to see what's wrong. Yeah, one, I wouldn't have stuck my hand in that water. And two, <laughs> no. as you're probably about to mention, he pulls the plug out, and, and then he looks all confused. 
but the plug wasn't even in the drain to begin with, so I don't know why he pulled the plug out and was like, huh, that didn't fix it. Yeah, and they, when they first start the shot of the water coming out of the drain, one, the drain is off in the corner, and the mm-hmm. plug where he's reaching for is in the middle, and then there is a shot where he's reaching down, and the plug is out and sitting on the counter, and then they shoot back to him reaching down and pulling the plug out from the middle, and I'm just sitting there getting angry and angrier, like, yes. what lazy shit is this? <laughs> is this supernatural? Are you going to explain this to me? Duh. Yeah, he gets dragged down into the sink to drown, whatever. One, if the plug was in the drain, I would have just pulled the chain up. I'm not sticking my hand out into that murky Mm -mm. brown shit. Then, if that doesn't work, because I'm going to wait a good hour to see if anything goes down, I'm going to go get some Drano, pour that in, (laughs) then see what's up. (laughs) Then I'm going to go get a very cheap coat hanger from Walmart and unscrew that and then, like, (laughs) I'm going to do everything to avoid sticking my arm down in there. You don't know where that water's been. I know. There's probably 15 different kinds of animal Call the plumber. Just call the plumber right off. Like, mm -mm. mm-mm. No, thank you. Something I found very amusing about the scene, though, after the water drains away and he, we see he is, he is adeaded. Daddy Dearest, who completely missed his daughter's death, was in the living room just watching TV. Totally missed his son's death, too. Just. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. God. Both of his children died just feet away from him. (laughs) And, And you know what, though? This is building a bit of a theme. Because when she even went out to go swimming and he tells her to be careful, he doesn't look up from whatever he's doing. He's staring forwards into something just off the camera and she turns back to look at him and says yeah i will dad see you later Mm -hmm. i don't think we ever see him we don't ever see him looking at his children because he doesn't look up when she comes into the room doesn't look between her and will and their exchange doesn't look up when she leaves when we see dean and sam talking to will he's out on the dock just staring out when will comes up to talk about cooking dinner he's staring at the tv yeah wow huh i wonder what we make of that yeah, nothing. Something about not knowing what you got till it's gone. I don't know. We're not experts, people. We're sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see something. I just don't know what it means. Yes. What we do know now is that it's not a monster. It is something else that can control water. And Dean spitballs a couple things, and among those couple things... One is a demon. They have mentioned demons a lot now, considering that... They haven't seen one yet. In later episodes, they're going to be like, What? Demons? They're so rare! (laughs) Yeah. And Dean also throws out the idea of a water wraith. Uh, We never hear of water wraiths at at any point. No, we run into a wraith, but not a water wraith. So, we run into brain wraiths on at least two occasions that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. At no point have we ever had a water wraith, a fire wraith, a bone marrow wraith, a cat litter wraith, or... (laughs) The only one that could stop them was the Avatar. Master (laughs) of all four elements. (laughs) Water, (laughs) bone marrow, brain, and cat litter. Yes, the four elements. (laughs) (laughs) 
imagine cat litter bending? <laughs> gross. Oh, it's gross. Our earthbenders could bend cat litter, though. Just they? throwing well, lumps at people <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> urine in the face! Urine in the face! <laughs> Smell it! <laughs> I have defeated you with the cat feces! No! Either we have not a come across water wraiths yet, and they're going to hit us with that in the middle of season 14 or 15, or Dean is just a baby hunter and does not know what wraiths are yet. I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> we do fig- they, they figure out that it has to be something connected to lake water, and the reason why it's killing at a more accelerated rate Because remember, it was six bodies over the last 35 years, and then suddenly in this year, there's already been three. So it's killing faster because all that water is soon going to be gone. It's running out of time. Exactly. And it's killed both of Bill Carlton's son, and Sam figures out that Lucas's dad, who died in the river, in the, not the river, in the lake, was also the godson of Bill Carlton. So it's all connected that it has to be Bill. They go talk to Bill. They don't learn anything because he's like, my last child literally just fucking died. Leave me alone. And he does look at Sam and Dean, so whatever there. I feel like he was a really good actor because I teared up. He was a pretty decent, he was a better actor, I thought, than the sheriff in his emotional scenes. Yeah. Yeah. You or your family. My children are gone. It's, it's worse than dying. As they're about to drive away, though, Dean realizes that their lake house, the Carlton's lake house, is pretty darn similar to the one that Lucas drew in his picture. He kept it in his jacket. He kept the picture in his jacket? Yeah. He didn't, like, leave it at the hotel or any. He kept the drawing in his jacket. He's feeling a strong emotional connection to Lucas. Yeah. So it makes sense. And also, I know he's been wearing this jacket the whole time. And I know we've already talked about how oversized it is and how it's his dad and blah, blah, blah. I think I was so irritated watching this episode. I couldn't get over how comically huge it is on him. It's practically a trench coat on him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like in a bad mood today. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So they go visit Andrea again and want to talk to Lucas. And for some reason, she lets them. Their point is, if you have any inkling of feeling at all that this is something other than a mere drowning, please let us talk to your son. So she's a smart, savvy cookie. So she does pick up on that. I still don't think... uh, She at least stands nearby and doesn't let either of them out of her sight as they talk to Lucas. Yeah, doesn't let either one alone with Lucas. She's right there. I really appreciated that. We should look for that in the future also. When... Dean and Sam go to speak with minors. Mm-hmm. How often do parents let them go talk with them alone? And how much of a correlation is there between Dean and Sam successfully dressing up as law enforcement? <laughs> yes. And not, because they're not. Dean notices that Lucas is drawing lots of red bikes. And then Dean gives this really great monologue where he actually opens up about his past of watching his mother die. Nope. And... About how that pushes him to be brave. Never happened. And I love... Hmm? He didn't see anything. I have watched season one, episode one, many times. <laughs> and I swear on my life, D 
Dean didn't see anything. No, Dean did not see anything. However, however, you could say that Lucas didn't actually see his dad die either. But actually seeing their death and knowing they're dying is a really, is that the point you want to like argue over? I'm just saying. Because Dean was outside with his dad watching the house go up in flames, knowing full well that his mother was inside there and not able to do anything about it. Yeah, but he did not see her. His little four-year-old eyeballs did not witness her burn into a crisp on the ceiling. Well, neither did Lucas's little seven-year-old eyeballs witness his dad's last gasping breath. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It doesn't take away from the trauma of knowing that your parent is dying just on the other side of that wall that you cannot reach. I mean, it doesn't change you being upset about it. I'm just saying it's worse if you see it. Absolutely. I think it is worse worse if you actually see it with your physical eyeballs. Not your mythical eyeballs. But in this case, Dean is relating to a child who also did not witness their parents' actual, actual death. All right. Okay. (laughs) Regardless, I love any speech about being brave that acknowledges that you cannot be brave without fear. Yes. Dean does not exactly say that, but he acknowledges the fear and acknowledges how difficult it can be to be brave, but how he thinks of his mother and how his mother would want him to be brave and how pretty sure your dad would want that too. At one point, Lucas actually does look up and acknowledge that Dean is there and has presence, and Andrea's like, my son, acknowledging a person, what? (laughs) And he shows him another picture of a house. This is a yellow house with a red bike out front and a white church next to it. So they leave, and they're talking in the car about what their next step is going to be. Obviously, we know it's to chase down where this picture is. But Sam is skeptical, which he should be, because beyond this one little conversation of Sam and Dean debating how the kid could even possibly be psychically tuned in, Andrea said the kid never drew like that till his dad died. There are cases going through a traumatic experience could make certain people more sensitive to premonitions, uh, psychic tendencies. Whatever's out there, what if Lucas is tapping into it somehow? Uh, I mean, it's only a matter of time. The show writers never explain why Lucas is suddenly psychic. They never resolve it. (laughs) They never address it further and how the connection exists. (laughs) It's just there and then it isn't there later we guess who knows the ghost could still be out there and lucas is still psychically linked to it well uh, we kind of assume by him now talking that he's over it he's not a scared anymore dean was very worried if he's still scared that means the ghost is still active and is doing something to actively scare lucas but towards the end of the episode lucas isn't scared of the ghost anymore and is pretty chill with the ghost <laughs> So, uh, I have issues. I'll get to them later in the love-hate section. (laughs) Okay, so they have this picture and they're looking. They have an idea of where to look. Sam tries to talk to Dean about what Dean had said to Lucas. And Dean, of course, plays it off and doesn't talk feelings. Because we can only have one feelings talk per episode, Hannah. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just one. Otherwise, it's just too girly. It's too touchy-feely. No more than one chick flick moment. 
It's not no chick flick moments. It's no more than one chick flick moment. Per episode. <laughs> per episode. <laughs> I want to know how long it really took them to find that place because just off of that one little drawing, I don't know how big their town is, but I feel like it would take a while. Didn't he say there were about a thousand of those yellow houses? <laughs> So, okay. And then he was like, well, this white church here. Bet there's less than a thousand of those. Yeah. And it's a lake region, so... I still feel like it would have taken a long time. Yeah. It's a lake region. There's lots of people. And churches are pretty prominent everywhere you go. Yeah. Maybe not so many old white churches. The real question would be, though, is that church even still standing? But they have no reason at this point to think that this picture isn't a something recent. Right. Anyways, they find the place. They go inside. Hey, lady, is there a kid here about yay high, yay old, blue cap? Not for many years. Not in 35 years. No. She's, she's awesome. She talks about how her poor kid was never found. And she says losing a kid is worse than dying, which echoes Bill Carlton, mm -hmm. and it's that parallel that lets the boys and the viewer know, ah, this this is definitely a connection. And they look at a picture that shows Bill Carlton as a kid with the missing kid named Peter Sweeney. And we see the little soldiers. And apparently some people are observant enough with their freaky, blessed <laughs> eyeballs to notice little army soldiers. God. Yeah. Have fewer talents, Hannah, please. I mean, I can try. <laughs> we cut back to the lake. Bill is talking to the lake. As you do. You know. You know, I talk to lakes regular regularly. I can't say that whenever I'm podcasting, apparently. Regularly. Regularly? I don't think I say that word often, and then I say it often on podcasts. And you don't so say regularly regularly? I don't say regularly regularly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like a double meaning. Anyways, he's talking to the lake saying, I didn't understand. I didn't believe. Now I think I do. I think I finally know what you want. Cut back to Gene and Sam in the Impala, and they're basically breaking down what we know so far. It's basically a ghost. At this point, though, they're calling it a spirit, and I think that must be just like a season one thing, that they call it spirits. <laughs> I feel as though in the future they use the word ghost more frequently, more regularly, you could say. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Now we're on to the section, name that monster! <sighs> Alright, <clears throat> so what are we up against? Hannah, I have written down a specific two-word name for this monster. What do you think I would have called this monster? Baby ghost. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new aspect of the section where I put a random, like, trivia section in. Ghost Peter. <laughs> ghost Peter! Close. It's a vengeful ghost. Oh, okay. I tried searching vengeful spirit because the boys were using the phrase spirit so often. 
A vengeful spirit is apparently a thing from video games. Okay. Not based in actual mythology and folklore. A vengeful ghost, as according to mythology, folklore, and Wikipedia, is said to be the spirit of a dead person who returns from the afterlife to seek revenge for a cruel, unnatural, or unjust death. Or you buried them bad, and they're mad you buried them bad. And they come back and they poke you in the middle of the night and say, Hey, fucktard, why'd you bury me bad? Go back, try again. Bury me better. I mean, I'd be mad too if I was buried bad. <laughs> you buried me upside down. What the fuck? I mean, I'd be mad if I was buried at all, to be honest. Just cremate me. You know, make sure. Cremation is a... How do I say? It's a good way to get rid of a spirit. Cremation is, in some cultures, a very important part of the death ritual. So cremation does come up a lot in bodies that were buried badly. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the more common treatments, and there were several treatments, but the one that I'm bringing up now is a common treatment for a vengeful ghost, because it is pertinent to this episode and the rest of the series as a whole, is to salt and burn their body the place where they were killed, or the instrument that they were killed with. Huh. So you can salt and burn one of three things. The body, the place, or the instrument they were killed with. The murder weapon. Interesting. Alright. Interesting. I know, right? Keep that in mind. And that ends our segment of Name That Monster! Thank you for backing me up on that. (laughs) You're welcome. Dean and Sam have explained to us, in so many words, what we are up against. They show up at the lake house. They spot Carlton going out on his boat into the lake. And as they are crying out, No! The boat gets exploded up into the air, and then both the boat and Bill are gone. Which I would think that the boat would bob a bit, but I guess not. Nope, yeah. I guess our ghosty baby wanted a boat to paddle along in his little undersea world. And, I mean, I guess 35 years of being a ghost, he's pretty darn strong. It's a whole boat. He's got muscles. He's got (laughs) mad muscles. Spirit muscle. <laughs> How many ghost push ups do you think he does a day? Just off this lake bed floor. <laughs> you know what, though? If you were on the lake bed, how many pounds of water and atmosphere do you have above you to push up against? That is a strong ghost baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, he could, he could drag a whole yacht under the lake if he wanted to. He's the ghostinator. <laughs> the ghostinator! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I knew enough, like, Terminator lines beyond I'll be back to... Yeah. I mean, I guess he would say, he would just pop his nose up beyond the lake service and like, <laughs> I'll be back! <laughs> to Dean and Sam. <laughs> just you wait! You're somehow related to this fucker I know. Anyways, uh, we cut back to the sheriff's office. Lucas is distraught, even though mom has brought KFC for dinner. Like, what? 
<laughs> Sam, Dean, and the sheriff walk in. And I guess at this point, it's important to note that the sheriff has a name, and his name is Jake, because the guys just happen to know this later. Anyways. Yeah. Sheriff comes in. She's like, oh, I brought you dinner. And he's like, nope, no time for dinner. People have died. Please go home with your son. At this point, Lucas freaks out and is grabbing on to Dean. Dean's very confused. And he's like, hey, kid, it's okay. It's all right. And... Andrea is able to pull Lucas away, and kudos to this little kid actor, because he gives these looks back to Dean, and they're a little bit lost and a little bit betrayed. Like, you said you would believe me, you said you'd understand me, and you're telling me it's all okay just to go home. Yeah, like, this scene kind of aggravated me because he's freaking out, right? And she mm-hmm. just drags him out of there, and, like, nobody wants to know what he was freaking out about, what he wanted to convey. And, like, they just move on. And I'm like, no, he's upset about something. This is important. Oh, but Hannah, he has some sort of traumatic stress. He has a mental illness. You just can't handle things like that. They're just being crazy, right? No. Right? No, this scene makes me mad. (laughs) No, that shit pisses me off, too. Like, Again, referencing my years of childcare, there is no such thing as bad behavior. There's only communication. Right. And it's the adult's job to try and figure out what is this child trying to communicate right now. And I do love that Dean recognizes that the drawings can be a form of communication. Mm -hmm. And after a little while of ruminating on Lucas's reaction, Dean realized, like, no, I shouldn't ignore this. I should listen to his reaction. But in the moment, his own mother doesn't try and figure out why he's upset. Yeah, just takes him out of there. I have a few other points where Andrea makes me go, man, you've been a great mom up until this moment. You could argue that when she says, I'm with my kid at the park, and Dean just goes and approaches her kid anyway, and she just lets that happen. Could have been a bad mother moment. But we're not here to Andrea bash. It's it's a writing issue and a, a camera work and directing issue. Correct. So they go home, and the sheriff talks to Sam and Dean. Because Sam and Dean, I guess, came forward to be witnesses to this lake ab- abduction. Right. All right. Hey, we saw him, you know, in the boat. Bad thing. We saw a man die? Question mark? The sheriff doesn't believe their story. (laughs) And he's also checked into their wildlife service story. And he knows it's not true. So he's not believing anything they say. He does believe that they saw Bill going out on a boat, but only because another neighbor saw the same thing. That other neighbor conveniently did not also see the boat go... Um, I had to look up the script for this episode because... When he says, into the drink, it sounds like, into the drank. <laughs> and even looking up where it says, into the drink, what kind of phrase? Where does that come from? I, I don't think I've heard that, into the drink. All right. Wisconsinians. <laughs> Wisconsin's Wisconsinitos. If we have any listeners from the beautiful state of Wisconsin, please write in. Let us know. Do you guys refer to your lakes as drinks? (laughs) Because if not, I'm thinking that lady who was all up in arms about needing someone on set to have them have correct regional dialects was really on to (laughs) something. 
Yes. Because it just sounded weird to me, so I was like, I had to look up what specifically he said, but then even knowing, I was still confused. It's just so unclear. You see something attack Bill's boat, sending Bill, who is a very good swimmer, by the way, into the drink, and you never see him again. And my other point would be, um, he seems really angry with them. And, like, that would be suspicious, well, but, like, he has no reason to think that they would be after him specifically. So, like, I'm not sure why he was so angry, but at the same time was like, you guys should just leave. I'm not going to arrest you. Like, well, no, I completely understood him in this part because they haven't shown any ill intent. So... Think of it as, as a couple, like, lovable... Lovable troublemakers? All right, not to say that UFOs aren't real, but, like, a couple lovable UFO enthusiasts. Okay. Who are convinced that people are being abducted from this town, right? Right. And you are the sheriff of this town, and they come to your office, and they say, Hey, we're, we are with the FBI, and we're just trying to investigate a couple unusual occurrences, no big deal, MBD. And then you find out later... Is At this point, he doesn't know how wackadoo they are, but he knows, all right, you haven't caused any trouble, but you've been lying to me from the start, and now you're really close to a possible disappearance of one of my oldest friends. Okay. I am mistrustful. You're a threat to my town that I'm in charge of protecting. I can't arrest you, but, well, I could arrest you, but you haven't done anything really super wrong besides lie to me, so get the fuck out of here, or I will arrest you. Okay. I completely get his mama bear approach <laughs> to the town. Yeah. Especially since so many people have been dying in the lake. And of course he knows these two, you know, have not been here for all the other deaths that have happened. So they're not the ones to be implicated. It, I think in his mind it is starting to look suspicious though. Because not only was Sophia, the girl in the beginning, a varsity swimmer, that he says here that Bill was a really good swimmer. So now you have not only multiple people drowning in the lake, but you have multiple great swimmers drowning in the lake. Yeah. He doesn't believe anything supernatural, but I think he is thinking something suspicious. And when you're dealing with something suspicious, you don't need extra suspicious people liars around. in your town. Yeah. So he tells them to leave town or be arrested. So the early boys, these baby boys... They're a little smarter. They're like, okay, we'll leave town. <laughs> we, we good. We're good. Ghost is happy. Yeah. We got to Lucas. He's not playing with his army men. He's surrounded by the army men. Here's the question. Did he convince his mother through gestures and actions, I suppose, to buy him these army figurines after his dad's, dad's death? Yeah, probably. I mean, I guess they're at the store or something. He picks it up and, like, waves it in front of her face. And she's like, all right. I'm just saying, they never explain any of this. <laughs> Me making big hand-waving motions through the air that nobody can see. <laughs> so he's drawing big, like, black whirlpools or big brown whirlpools on paper. Just, like, just repeated, repeated motion. Andrea comes in. She's like, WTF, why are you still awake? Let me just pick you up and throw you in bed. <laughs> then she goes take a bath. Meanwhile, Dean is driving them away, and Sam is like, why are you driving so bad? Light's green. <laughs> hey, it's green light. It's green. Hey, hey, stupid, it's green. 
So Dean is like, no, we're going back to town. And Sam is like, but why? The case is closed. <laughs> Who are you and what have you done with my brother? Which, I feel like that's very unfounded. Clearly, Dean is not going back just because of the kid. Dean is going back because he's not convinced the case is closed. His hunch. Meanwhile, Sam believes the case is closed because apparently, and let's think of this later on in the series, I don't think it's very true, but apparently if a vengeful ghost has killed everybody on its hit list, it's cool? It moves on? I mean, everything must be okay now. I, I still think that ghost started with a list, and the list was kill everybody they love and then them. Yes. So, as far as I'm concerned, Lucas and Andrea are still on that list, and they have done nothing to tell us otherwise. Yeah. So, Sam is like, hey, it's all good. Everybody's dead. That could be dead. We didn't save anybody, but hey, case closed. <laughs> Dean says no. Lucas is still really scared, and I fully believe in his psychic connection that we have in no way understood to the ghost, even though the last person, quote-unquote, is dead. So we're going back. Meanwhile, Andrea takes the most confusing bath scene ever. <sighs> Hannah. Go on. You and I are both... Great lovers of baths. Yes. After the bath is full, one question, how full do you fill that bathtub? Well, personally, I get in the bath as it's filling up because mm -hmm. I'm not a good judge of water displacement. I know that my body is going to move some of that water, so I just prefer to be in it as it's filling I up. I love you so hard. But as much as she filled it up, and then she tried to get in there? No, like, she would have, like, tossed out a lot of that water. Absolutely. So, one, I love you so hard for your technical use of water displacement. I mean, just hard eyes at you right now. Two, yes, she fills that bathtub to the brim before getting in there. And who wants a big, soppy water mess on their tile floor mm -mm. after a bath? No. That's just asking for slippage. <laughs> The correct answer would be, like, halfway to maybe three quarters. Maybe, depending on, like, again, the size of your body. How much you're going to displace. Now, Hannah, once you are in said bathtub and the water is near, like, half an inch from the brim of the tub, do you allow the water to continue flowing? No. And I don't put a rag over my eyes and lean back while it's still running, you know. <laughs> It's going to spill over at any moment. And just, moment. like, moaning sensually as you're rubbing all over your body with the washcloth. <sighs> that was such a bath scene for the guys. It, like, makes me mad. Something else I want to point out. I have thought about this scene so much, mm -hmm. and not just because of the naked lady, but <laughs> the water, when it turns to lake water, okay? Like, yeah, my first thought was, like, wouldn't it be cold? But no, even haunted water has to go through the water heater, okay? But, <laughs> now listen, listen to me. Yes, even haunted water has to be heated somehow. Like, no supernatural force can withstand a water heater. <laughs> but, listen, even if her Linda, eyes are closed, okay, and she doesn't see the color change in the water, right. I right. feel like there would be a difference in viscosity. I feel like the water would have been like slightly thicker because it's murky lake water with all its lake muck in there. Oh, Hannah, I have your answer. I feel like she would have felt a difference. Yeah? I have your answer. Good. It's supernatural. I mean. 
thing. Come on. That clears it all up. <laughs> no, I, I completely feel you. I also hate how long she keeps her eyes closed. Because, I mean, okay, fine. It's nice to close your eyes and relax back. I personally, I get too bored too quickly, so... No. I get creeped out. Yeah, that too. Like, it, you're so vulnerable in that position. My eyes are too close too long in the bath or this shower. It's like, yeah. Also, by the way, remember that foreshadowing we had? As safe as in her own bathtub? This girl's not safe mm. in her bathtub in case you didn't figure that out. She opens her eyes and the bath water is brown. And she screams. And then, like, half a second after she screams and is trying to get out of the tub, does she begin to get... Attack. Does she begin to get pulled under? My question is, did she scream because she saw brown bath water? Or did she scream because she felt something brushing up against her in the tub? I mean, I might gasp, maybe, depending on how relaxed I was. Like, I would definitely gasp and jump out. I would not scream. <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit, my water's done fucked up. Like... <laughs> Ew, I've just been sitting in this. (laughs) I would drain it and start taking a shower. I might just stand up, pull the plug, and start taking a shower. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would start to scream when I feel the water baby go start pulling me under. Ew, little baby hands. (laughs) Just like grappling at your ankles. Alright, so she's fighting the spirit, and Lucas is pounding on the door. Rhythmically. And we hear this creepy voice. And if you don't have subtitles, you don't know what the voice is saying, but she clarifies later for you what the voice is saying. Dean and Sam are at the door, and Sam's like, this is kind of weird, are you sure? And as they ring the doorbell, it burst open, and there's Lucas, like, (gasps) hyperventilating. Yeah, basically. They run upstairs where Lucas is leading them. Dean bursts down the door and then he goes to hold, and I love this, he goes to hold Lucas because Dean's like, fuck, if she's dead, I need to be here for the boy. Mm -hmm. And Sam goes to save her out of the tub because Sam has the longest arms. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. He pulls her with a mighty force. Let it be known forthwith that Sam's arms can beat a ghost. Oh, yeah. So in the future, whenever we see Sam battling a ghost, Sam can technically beat a vengeful ghost. Sam is stronger than the ghostinator. Oh, also, I know you haven't watched this episode as many times as I have. Mm. She's wearing underwear in that tub. Well, I'm sure she was, but you actually spot it? Yeah. You spot it when she's being pulled out? Yeah, like three frames. I don't know how many frames. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. How many frames? (laughs) Oh, Hannah, do tell me how many times in slow motion have you watched this woman's (laughs) naked body being pulled from the bathtub? I I don't know how many frames. I I don't know. They did a very artful, like, cross-armed covering of her boobies. Did we perchance see any nip slips? No. Uh, oh, no, you looked. Okay. Good, good to know. <laughs> Everybody listening, just so you know, no need to make the, that scene go slow-mo. Hannah has verified no nip slips. 
Apparently not worth your time. Shut up. <laughs> but if you want to see some undies. <laughs> uh, no, they did not grab her ropes quick enough. That poor son got just full eyes on his naked mother. Ugh. And her panties. And her and her panties. And Hannah, come on. <laughs> Next morning, dawn, if you're to believe the sun just peeking over the mountains in their windows. Because, yes, Hannah, I too can fucking notice things in a scene. I'm I'm happy for you. (laughs) Andrea is debriefing Sam about her side of the experience, and there was a voice saying, Come play with me. With my baby hands. With my little baby hands. I want to play baseball. I did not like that phrase. Can I just say that? This is not even a part of my, like, hate it, love it section. At what point did we ever reveal that his ghost had a thing for, like, playing games? Um, never. Never. It doesn't tie into the story at all. I feel like the phrase should have been something pertaining to the bullying. Yeah. Or to the Boy Scouts. Or to anything to have with, like, the three things we know about this character. We know he likes red bikes. We know he was in the Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts or some sort of Scouts. And we know he... find me might have been more appropriate. Or help me. Or... Come find me. Or any... Uh... Yeah, I get you. I get you. Okay. While Sam is being very attentive to Andrea, Dean is rifling through old family albums. Nosy. Like, I don't know why that was his go-to. To find a connection, I guess? Like, besides her husband being the godson of Bill Carlton, like, because they don't know that the sheriff is connected yet. I mean, true. Okay, so they're saying, why was she attacked? Why is Lucas under attack? Yeah. But you could say that the connection she has to Bill Carlson through her husband and her child being godson related to Bill is enough. Whatever. So Dean has some instinct that is never explained, and he's rifling through all these old family albums, and they do figure out that the sheriff named Jake also knew Peter Sweeney, and was in the same, let's just say Boy Scout. He was in the same Boy Scout troop. clique. Troop. Troop. That's the word for it. <laughs> I was like, posse? Murder? <laughs> gang. I don't know what you call it. A gaggle? A gaggle? The same Boy Scout gang. I like a gaggle of Boy Scouts. He was in the same gaggle oh. of Boy Scouts. Yeah, you can say a gaggle of Boy Scouts. Uh, And while they're having a... What? It's all connected? Dean spots Lucas being weird, because... It's kind of what Lucas does. I feel like they didn't handle Lucas as well as they could have. Like, the poor kid is No, well, they're they're not as woke in the first season, as you've pointed out. (laughs) They're very much sleepy time bears. (laughs) So, Lucas leads them outside. Why Lucas is just now aware of... Maybe he's not just now aware of the bike. Maybe he's like, man, you guys are slow. You need some more hints. Yeah. He leads them outside to a random spot of forest that is within, like, Arrow's distance of their house. The sheriff's house, which I guess was his childhood home as well. Because why the fuck would a sheriff buy a house that he knows is within spitting distance of... Like, incriminating evidence of his childhood crime. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
They send Andrea and Lucas back to the house and they start digging and they find Peter's bike, which is pretty much now proof positive that Peter was murdered. The sheriff shows up with a gun. He's like, what the fuck are you doing on my property? And they're like, what the fuck are you doing killing kids? <laughs> Dean says a line that I liked. He says, you can't bury the truth. Nothing stays buried. Mm. And I, I think that's a good line that he could stand to listen to, like, throughout the entire season. Especially in the early seasons when he was like, what's dead should stay dead. I'd be like, no, Dean, nothing stays buried. <laughs> <laughs> nothing for long. <laughs> but yeah, also the many, many times Dean tries to hide the truth from just everybody in his life. Yeah. This is the first time we hear, I think it's Sam, call the sheriff Jake. Yeah, Jake put the gun down. And this is why I mentioned it. It Maybe it's just the Southern in me, but I found it just a little rude <laughs> that they were suddenly calling the sheriff Jake. Now, I realize this man, one, threatened to arrest them and kick them out of town, and two, it has probably killed a person when he was a kid. So that lowers things a little bit. But at no point were they on first name basis, right? Well, maybe it was an attempt to calm him down, like address him by his first name. Like, hey, Jake, it's okay. Put the gun down. All right. Fine. Maybe. Maybe. It's just weird that the whole time they call him the sheriff and then all of a sudden they call him Jake, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Was it as weird for you or is it maybe a little bit me? Because I'm thinking I also have, like, my korean culture coming in now i'm like nope nope that's just, why would you call someone older than you by their name uh <laughs> that's so wrong um this whole showdown is seen by andrea from the house window and i guess we haven't mentioned uh andrea and lucas are living with grandpa sheriff jake because, you know, they just had, they lost husband and dad. They needed to be closer to family. Makes total sense. Yeah. She tells Lucas to go lock himself away in his room and then just runs out. She doesn't check to make sure her child is safe. She just tells him to be safe and then runs Assumes out. Assumes that he's going to do what she tells him to. Which, honey, <laughs> you don't know, kids. <laughs> uh, meanwhile... The boys and the sheriff going back and forth. Andrea shows up and he's like, this whole ghost story is super crazy. Y'all are crazy. It's not rational. It's just not rational. Lucas has not listened to his mother, as one would expect. And he hears a voice telling him to come play. And this is the point where if you didn't have subtitles on, you would just hear like a whisper voice. It's not even a whisper voice. You just hear like whispering. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, Lucas... Yo, why are, you, why, why are you following that thing that has been frightening you this whole time that almost killed your mother last night? <laughs> but he goes. Back with the adults, Andrea is pushing her dad to be like, tell me the truth. Did something happen? And the sheriff confesses that yes, he and Bill accidentally drowned Peter and left him in the lake after bullying him when they were kids. Mm. This is an interesting fact because... Later in, like, season six or seven in the episode where Jewel State, is it State or Straight? Jewel's, we'll say State, where she is there. They have flashbacks to Sam's past where he met her character, Amy Pond. Mm -hmm. And she's being bullied by a redhead 
played by the same actor that is playing Lucas in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in two bullying episodes. Huh. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of bullying episodes, so I think it's just, yeah. I mean, it was already interesting that he comes back later as a different character, but also interesting yeah. that he's coming back as a in a bullying episode. Sheriff Jake says, yes, I did bad as a kid, horrible, awful, completely fucked up, but that does not mean that ghosts are real. At this point, everybody spots Lucas by the lake, and even though he does not believe ghosts are real, he's not willing to risk that in terms of his grandson, right? Right. So they all start running towards the lake. Hannah, who is the last person to start running towards the lake? I want you to make an educated guess, because you've seen this episode so many times. Who <laughs> is the last person to run towards Lucas at the lake? Andrea. His fucking mother. <laughs> I was just, I was picturing it in my head, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, she was the last one to show up, because Dean and Sam were diving off the dock, and uh, Sheriff Jake was walking into the water from the side, and then here she comes. Yeah, when they all start running, they show all three of the men start running. And then like a full like half second to a second later, she starts running. Maybe you can chalk this up to shock, shock. and terror freezing her body. But mother's out there. And we surely have some mother listeners. Oh, yeah. Tell me you were not pissed off by this delayed reaction. Like, every bone in your body was like, my baby! And oh, and yeah, speaking of which, one thing I never understood was why didn't she jump in the water? Because I'm sorry, I would have. Like, I don't even have kids. And hell, if it was my dog that had got pulled under, like, I'm going in that water. I will give my life for this puppy! <laughs> but no, absolutely. I I also am not a mother. I have been a early childhood teacher for many years, though. And without hesitation, even my least favorite child, because yes, all teachers have favorites and least favorites. It's just a matter of compatibility. Don't at me, y'all. Even for my least favorite child, there's still a favorite of mine. And I would jump into that lake without hesitation and be like, I will give my life for this child. <sighs> so they all run to the lake. And the reason Lucas is now on the dock, he's reaching for one of those army figurines I wish they would just explain to us why Lucas cares about these figurines, besides the fact that Peter played with figurines. We see an actual gray arm. Because up until this moment, we haven't seen anything besides water pull our victims down. Right. But now we see an arm reach up and pull him down, and this kid does an awesome backwards fall into the water, like... A plus plus, little dude. Yeah. The ghosty comes up above water, and I'm guessing he's doing that, like, again, bully thing where you're holding your friend, like, with a stiff arm down below you <laughs> while your head is just up above water. And he gives Sheriff Jake just the stingiest glare. <laughs> he gives him that he dead just, eye. Yeah, just mad <laughs> glaring at the sheriff. And at this point, the just sheriff's glare. like, Oh shit, uh, maybe Peter's ghost is still in there? Which he doesn't look ghosty at all, and maybe this is like the cost of their special effects at this point. They blew a lot of special effects money in the first episode, so. Mm -hmm. But this, this does not look like the ghost of Peter. This looks like the actual corpse of Peter, reanimated zombie style, <laughs> to come back yeah. and exact his revenge. Regardless, 
The boys dive in after Lucas, and can I just say, again, A++, fantastic diving. These actors are professionals. Yes, I made note of that, too. I was like, good dive form. Like, heads tucked and everything. I was shocked how quickly Sam came up to tell Andrea to stay on the dock. Because that dive should have had him deep underwater. Oh, yeah. But Andrea, who does know the cost of getting in the water, of touching the water, because her life was threatened last night, does have to be told by Sam, like, please, for the love of God, we've got your son. Just stay on the dock. But you're completely right. What mother is like, oh, yes, I will keep myself safe while my son is in danger. No. (sighs) I'm sorry. No. 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 I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. The sheriff is now a believer himself, and he wades into the water, and he offers himself for exchange. And at this point, I'm thinking, Andrea, you are seeing now your son dying, and your father offering him himself up as a sacrifice. And what are you doing? What? What are you doing to help the situation? <laughs> at this point, I guess she's saying, yes, better that my father die for my son's life than I die. <laughs> Uh, anyways, pretty selfish if I do say so. Hmm. Peter takes the sheriff up on his deal, and he's like, yes, I will take you down. Sam and Dean are like, all right, let's dive down one last time. Sam pops up, makes eye contact with Andrea, shakes, shakes his head no. Yeah, he shakes his head no. The sound cuts out, and we just have music. And she's like in the middle of her scream of anguish when Dean pops up. Lucas in his arms. Oh, it's a great scene. We, the viewer, know it's not going to end in sorrow. But for her, the guy that saved her hasn't found her son. What is this douchebag who's been an asshole to her the whole time going to do? Yeah. So we cut to them leaving town. Dean's a little sad because they did a very bad job with this case. And yes, a lot of people did die. In fact, when they originally left this case, they only left this case because everybody who could die had died. (laughs) So... Yeah, I'd be a little sad too, Dean, if I were you. Well, I mean, and this time that they leave, they've saved two people. (laughs) That they know of. (sighs) The baby ghost could still be out there with his little baby hands ready to grab him at any time. (laughs) We're just going off the fact that Lucas is cool with him now. (laughs) Like, Yeah. (laughs) Um... Andrea and Lucas show up with a packed lunch, which is very sweet. It's like a thank you for saving my son's life, appropriate, but not so grand as I say. Yeah, there was like sandwiches and bananas. But yeah, it like good lunch. I agree. It's it's a perfect compromise between you saved my son, but everybody else in my life is dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. gotta balance it out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to date you, but here, you can have a sandwich. Lucas is talking now, so Dean goes and bonds with Lucas. Sam bonds with Andrea, and as they all say goodbye, Andrea leans in and lays a kiss on Dean that the actor was totally expecting and acted very badly. And then we just all have a happy, upbeat ending, and I can't fathom why... For the longest time, I was confused by the last part. Oh, I'm confused, Where too. Lucas says, Zeppelin rules. Because I always thought he said, accept the rules. And I thought that was weird, because I was like, why would Dean want him to say, accept the rules? That makes no sense. But 
years later, upon, you know, perusing the internet in all its glory, I found out that he says, Zeppelin rules, and I'm like, well, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Suddenly everything clicked. Oh my god, can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine? Oh shit, what is the name of the episode where Dean is the high-powered executive? <laughs> Oh. In that moment, Dean is just channeling his alternate universe self, like, yo, child, you want the best <laughs> life? Accept the rules. Follow those rules. Drink your shakes, go to the gym. Life will be great. Keep your head down. <laughs> Except that everything is as it seems. All right. Uh, Hannah. Yes. Let's go to the themes. Now that we have done a couple episodes and I kind of know what to expect and what you're going to ask me, I actually... <laughs> oh, poor Hannah. <laughs> I actually made note of a couple of themes that I spotted. Um, All right, hit me. One, Dean being good with kids. That's a pretty big theme throughout the series. Yes. That is a theme that I see mentioned, but as I was watching this, I struggled to think of other examples of Dean good with kids. Really? Because I can point out when they had the shapeshifter baby oh, and yeah. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great theme for Dean. Again, considering Dean as a parent more than a brother. I just want to keep an eye open for it in the future to see how often do we see that play out. Yeah. Because I think that's very true to his character. I think that's true to what they've established in his background, and I want to hold the writers up to that standard. Right. That any time we see Dean interacting with children, we should see him having a instinct for them. Yes, I agree. Yeah, beyond just the shapeshifter baby episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it comes up more. Mm. We'll see. My other theme was strangely being let go by the cops. All right. In the first episode, it was definitely because he broke out of there, thanks to Sam's help. Yeah. In future episodes, it's because they convinced the cops that they're going to die by supernatural forces if they aren't let out. Yeah. What things did you have, Kindle? I had some things we've already previously mentioned. I, I want to try and keep track of these just for funsies. They're fake names, which were Ford and Hamill in this case. Nice. Which are references to Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. Thank you. Yes, I I have raised you so well. Yes, you have. Yes. Mom would be proud. <laughs> and the little boy was named Lucas, of course. We do have the current continuing theme of a lack of costumes. In the future, they will have better costumes. And in the future, I want to talk about where do they keep all these costumes. Yes. Because... <sighs> I know you can fit a lot in a duffel, but still. <laughs> still. They have to have, like, storage. We do see that John has storage lockers in different parts of the U.S., right? Yes. I have to think that Dean and Sam had storage lockers throughout the U.S. to keep, like, their various... Had to. Texas Ranger outfits in. <laughs> <laughs> Diners. Diners are a theme. I think this was really the first time we saw them hanging out in a diner. Oh, yeah. So diners are going to be an important 
thread through life, especially as they start building up Dean's food relationship. His food sauna. His (laughs) food sauna. I think for the first time we have them searching the news for a case. Yeah, because Dean had the newspaper and he had lots of things circled, but the Sophie case is what he went with. It was the most promising. Although I did wonder, he just immediately knew that three other bodies had been lost that lake that year, or two other bodies, or... He already... How? How? Yeah, from just that one article, would they have mentioned the other two? No, they would not. Especially since he showed up at the sheriff's office and was saying... Gee, isn't it strange how other bodies have disappeared here? And the sheriff is like, ah, yes, and they all matter to me. But what does it, what's the connection? <laughs> Ugh, this episode, Hannah. Hmm. Um, the other two big themes is, again, Sam being, like, so super smart college boy. <laughs> Dean references it twice. The first time when he makes a very underhanded jab at Sam for going to college while he was with Dad for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And again, when looking at the picture, Sam says, well, there aren't 1,000 churches like this. And the way Dean says, oh, yeah, smart boy, went to college. It very much reminded me of the way I would say to you or my wife. Yeah, obviously I noticed that too, asshole. <laughs> God, why does everybody assume I'm dumb? I don't assume you're dumb. I just, I don't know what you know. You don't think I'm smart enough to recognize the freaking white church in the foreground? Gee, thanks. <laughs> Granted, I didn't notice the army figurines in Peter's playroom, whatever. Mm-hmm. Gosh, shut up, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, while at the beginning they did talk feelings once, it was just the once, and... That's all they can talk. They're not going to hug it out. Oh, my God. No. I feel like Dean lightens up on that in future seasons. Yeah, he definitely does. So, Hannah. So, Kendall. (laughs) Let's go into our hates and loves. All right. In your mind. Have no regrets. What did you hate? (laughs) I hated, and I know we already talked about it, but it bugs me. I hate that they gave this whole speech to Dean about seeing his mom up on the ceiling when he didn't. Because, like, John was in there, okay? And he runs out with Dean, or he runs out with Sam, and Dean is in the hallway outside the room. He didn't see in there. Mm. That's what I hated. And, and I know that they did that to establish this bond with Lucas, but still. Do we ever get that scene from John's point of view? I mean, we did in the first episode. That's all we get. I'm really starting to lose faith in how much they build John as a character. I'm almost starting to think that they want us to see John purely as the boys see John. As a father figure without feelings, without struggles, who has failed them. Well, what I love about this show is it's not perfect. And, yeah, they mess up in places, but I feel like they adapt and change and grow the show. And I feel like if we if we didn't love it as much as we do, we wouldn't pick it apart. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just kind of comparing it a little bit, very small bit, to my 
series passion of the moment, which is Game of Thrones, or really A Song of Ice and Fire, where even your evil characters, you get to know their thoughts and motivations. Mm -hmm. And even as you disapprove of the choices they make or the ways they move, you at least understand them. Well, I feel like it's harder to judge someone when you understand their point of view. Exactly. And I really wish there were that moment, but maybe it's just not their relationship. Because I feel like you and I have had these conversations with our mother where we can say like, hey, this incident in our childhood, you know, can you explain that? And she as an adult can come and say, this is what I was going through and this is how I handled it. And yeah, there's been plenty of situations. Well, I make it sound like there was a lot, but no. there, there's been a couple <laughs> of times that I've been discussing something with my mom. And I'll be like, yeah, well, and then this happened and you got mad and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I didn't get mad. What? I wasn't mad at you. And it's just the child's view of a situation mm -hmm. compared to adult view of a situation. You could think a parent is upset with you when maybe they're just stressed with work that day or something else, you know? It's all about perception. I definitely understand that Dean and Sam understood in their father where his emotional issues sprang from. Mm -hmm. I think that's very different from getting to discuss that with your adult father. Like, I think it's very important that children go to their parents as adults to discuss whatever issues they have from their childhood. Yes. Because... At no point in your childhood, hopefully, is your parent not also an adult, right? Right. And the only way you can two can actually ever understand each other is to discuss it as an adult. The show is not perfect. The show, life is not perfect. I just wish for the sake of the character of John, mm -hmm. and maybe we will, and I just can't remember it, maybe you can't remember it, but that they have a moment to have an adult discussion about their traumas. Sort of. There's an episode where both Sam and Dean are in the past, and Sam, kind of outside the box, talks with his father without his father realizing. And so hmm. that was kind of a closure on Sam's end. Don't John and Sam talk over Dean's death episode where we meet his Reaper? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, but not a lot, yeah. Alright, what I hated in this episode... I'm pretty sure you can guess. They didn't really solve this case. I mean, they, they, just, they just didn't. And maybe I'm being a little hard because we know the Winchesters don't always win. But, like, what was their plan? Until Lucas was starting to get drunk, drunk, dragged under <laughs> by the baby ghosty, their proposal was everybody get in the van and get as far away from water as possible. Yeah. So, like, their plan was move everyone to the Mojave Desert, live in a hut, and have water <laughs> delivered to you in bottles. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really have a game plan. No, the sheriff solved this case by sacrificing his life, and we're just accepting that that solved the case. Because, again, we don't know what the ghosties' intentions were or are. We're just trusting the fact that, Oh, Lucas seems happy now, so yeah. hey, it's all good. Also, why didn't they just yoink all of Lucas's pictures in the first place to figure this shit out faster? Yeah, I feel like that's something they would have done later on, but they're still getting their hunting legs. <laughs> 
I know. And this is just me being a little too critical of these baby hunters. I also feel it's writers who haven't figured out how to write Supernatural yet. (laughs) Also, speaking of writers who don't know how to write Supernatural yet, we're three episodes in and we have had two bathtub incidents, several drainage incidents. We have had two spirits. Out of three episodes, we're we're two for three. <laughs> I, I can see how if you got three episodes in, you're like, I saw this episode two episodes ago. So, uh, why why should I start continue watching this? I feel like I feel like this was the best of the first three. I feel like they're they're already getting better. Is what I saw. Okay, I will definitely say this is better than the first episode. This is better than Pilot. Because here they actually make strides (laughs) to solve the case. (laughs) (laughs) However, unless you can go back and change the first episode, this episode just makes them look a little bit dumber. (laughs) You know? Also, there wasn't as much behind-the-scenes attention paid to this episode as there was to the pilot. A lot of the editing sucked. We we talked about the plug and the sink issue, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Also, in the climactic scene of them trying to save Lucas, you see the sheriff being dragged down to the water. Mm Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they cut the editing after the sheriff starts to swim back up. And they give us a shot of the ghosty underwater, and I get it, it's a little kid actor. Little kid actor, I'm impressed you're not holding your nose, but this little kid ghosty had the puffed out cheeks and pursed lip of a kid holding their breath. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Hannah, you feel me? (laughs) Yeah, I got you. I I might just be in an extra bitchy mood today, but <laughs> this this episode did not help. I, I loved it. All right, well tell me tell me what you love. Tell me what you love, or should I tell you the two little things I love first, and then you can just expound upon all the things you loved? Yes. <laughs> All right, I do love in this episode, I think overall the series focuses on Sam's mental struggles and it focuses on Dean's emotional struggles. And this is the episode where we first get insight into Dean's emotional damage, whether he literally saw his mom die or not. (laughs) He was still present when his mother died, not 50 yards away. And we begin to see how this impacted Dean in his daily life. He says, I think every day about how my mom wants me to be brave. Like, forget whatever John is teaching him. When Dean goes up to face a monster or a googly or whatever, he's thinking mom would want me to be brave. Yeah. Um, I also love the little old woman actor who lost her son 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. Of all the parent actors in this episode, she made my heart ache. The police never, I never had any idea what happened. He just disappeared. Losing him, you know, it's, it's worse than dying. Just, uh, it's been almost 40 years and the emotion was still so at the surface for her. Yeah. I don't know. She got to me. What did you love, Hannah? It was hard for me to 
pick, you know, one thing that I loved about this episode, so I didn't. I loved this whole episode. I loved, I felt more connection to the family, Andrea and Lucas specifically. The story itself, the way the monster worked, like the monster didn't simply go after who hurt him. He wanted them to feel the loss that his mother felt on losing him. And and that, to me, was very powerful. You're very right. Like, our complaint last week was how much we didn't know about the family. And this week, we got to learn a lot of the family dynamic and how personal yeah. this ghost felt its loss, not just for itself, but for... His mom. Its mother, yeah. <sighs> okay, I like this episode a little better. <laughs> I think I was just hurt because... I had great memories of watching this in terms of just entertainment. Mm -hmm. Going back and watching with a critical eye. I was like, fuck this episode. It's critically <laughs> not good. <laughs> but you are right. Those two points alone are vast improvements on the last two episodes. All right, Hannah. Next week. Hmm. Next week, we will be watching Season 1, Episode 4, Phantom Traveler. Ah, yes. A friend of John's calls Sam and Dean for help about a strange recording on the black box of a crashed plane. They soon realize the demon which caused the crash is picking off the crashes only seven survivors. And that summary is courtesy of IMDb. Yeah, uh, we'll have some nitpicking to do, I know. You will? Mm. Wow, we will. We will definitely be nitpicking. I have not watched this since the one and only time I saw it five million years ago. <laughs> I do remember this episode as, in my mind, like the first quote-unquote supernatural case. Yeah. Like, when the show really begins to catch its wind. I feel like this is the episode, and I could be wrong. We'll see next week what I have to say about it. But I feel like this is the this episode holds part of what they started combining into their supernatural formula. Hmm. Considering demons become a really big part for the next mm, thirteen seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So so many demons are so rare. Really, just wait nine months. Good. Well, yeah, they were rare. They were. Until these motherfuckers but shit's up. picking up in the supernatural world. Yeah. All right, Hannah. I feel like we have discussed the shit out of this. And then some. And then some. Where can people reach you if you want to be reached? Uh, you can reach me on Tumblr, Jailbreak Fiend, or Everything Overlord, and our email. Uh, sisters talk brothers at gmail very good and if you want to reach just me you can find me also on tumblr at kindle abroad i think that's gonna do it for us hannah oh my god we've talked for so long yeah we did this is uh longer than the other two <laughs> all right i hope you guys have enjoyed our gabbing <laughs> <laughs> so tune in next week for more monsters, more brothers, and more sisters! Your favorite color. 
Oh no, I, I'm I'm waiting because I have something to say coming up. <laughs> okay, just let it like a buzzer sound. Like Kendall, stop! <laughs> let me say my piece here before you just blow through the whole show in 15 minutes. <laughs> and oh shit, I didn't prep. What was the next episode? Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Oh, no. oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> I'd be like, damn it, Hannah! <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> To make something happen. My bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll call her back. And then for I would you. like I would I would clumsily try to wingman you. <laughs> Have oh, you my... met my sister? <laughs> <laughs> She's a big pig. You could have a big pig too. Oi. I don't know why my brain made that connection, but uh, it's there and I love it. <laughs>